This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. It is Tuesday, May 9th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine this morning, clouds this afternoon, high 68. Tonight and overnight, those clouds, they hang around low 50. And then Wednesday, sun and clouds, high 72. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 50 and clear out on Shelter Island on Long Island. 51 and partly cloudy in Monroe. And it is 56 and clear here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up to the 6 o'clock hour. Sid and friends in the morning. Were you out last night? Man, was it nice. Cool breeze. Uh, it was sunny. It's going to be kind of like that again today. Not as warm, but uh, I'll take 68 and then the rest of the week it gets even warmer. But um, I was noticing, and maybe you've noticed this as well, it's this time of year where you get payback. Can you close that door? When you get payback, and nobody's going to listen. Can you shut that door? Thank you. I'm hearing a whole conversation that I'm not having with myself. So I am um, this. It's a beautiful sunny uh, evening out uh, in uh, you know as I'm walking through the park with the dog. Everybody's happy. People smiling. People picnicking. Listening to music. There's a band out playing in the gazebo. It is that time of year where you feel like you get payback for the entire winter of being you know stuck inside where it's cold and rainy and it really has been bad lately. So tonight actually is a big night in one way tonight will be the first night of the year where the sun will be out past eight o'clock so sunset will be a minute or two after eight o'clock so it's those nights get just a little bit longer which of course makes it just totally awesome and then what is it uh june 23rd to july 1st are the longest uh, days of the year where the sun will be out till 8.30, sometimes a little bit longer than that. But tonight, if you're out, 8.01, the sun will still be up. And uh, it's just, it's you know, it's just a lovely time of year. I love it. All right, let's get into some of the headlines. The top five at five. There were some protests and arrests over the subway death of Jordan Neely last night. More migrants coming here. Where do we put them all? Two NYU students killed while on vacation. Could you soon get paid for time wasted at the airport? And it looks like a piece of a meteorite slammed through a New Jersey home. All right, let's get into it. 503, we'll start on the streets of the big city. Last night, protesters taking to the streets here in the city. After the death of Jordan Neely, there were clashes with police near the Broadway Lafayette Street Station where Neely died after being put into a chokehold last Monday by a bystander. 
Yeah, as you can hear, some of those protests intense last night. There's been protests every night since the story first came to light last week. Grand jury expected to decide if Marine veteran Daniel Penny, who put him into the choke, will face criminal charges for Neely's death. These protesters think he should. The fact that their reaction to protesting the lynching of Jordan Neely is more aggressive than... The attention that they gave to Jordan Neely's actual murderer speaks volumes. The NYPD confirming there were 11 arrests made last night. In fact, a Molotov cocktail was found amid this crowd. Here's the police. As we started to move the crowd, we found a Molotov cocktail that was in, in the crowd, on the ground. We'll respect people's right to protest. But we cannot have people bringing weapons. Again, 11 arrests last night outside that subway station. Jordan Neely's family releasing a statement yesterday that uh, Daniel Penny uh, responding to the release that was uh, handed out by Daniel Penny's lawyers. The statement follows 30-year-old Neely's death on that subway last week. Uh, These lawyers who are representing Neely's family say they're surprised that Mayor Adams hasn't been more vocal about this death. This is the mayor of New York. The, The district attorney's office is looking to him. Daniel Penny should be in jail because we saw with our own eyes that he strangled her into death. More from uh, the lawyers who were speaking out yesterday. He had to have training that told him that using a chokehold like this, which, of course, is banned by the police and is banned by other law enforcement, a technique that he chose to use on another civilian, that it would likely lead to death. The lawyers, of course, for the Marine, the uh, 24-year-old Marine, uh, uh, Daniel Penny, say that uh, when he put him into that chokehold, he was trying to defend fellow riders, never thought he would pass away. Another protest planned today in connection to that chokehold. Numerous protesters arrested on Saturday for jumping onto the subway tracks, halting subway surface at one station while calling for charges uh, in the death of Jordan Neely. Uh, Neely has been arrested 44 times for multiple assaults, attempted child abduction, drugs, indecent exposure. Officials say he had at least 43 cases of an aided case where mental health care workers took him in for treatment. So clearly he wasn't getting what he was needed. The day before his death, he was under investigation for pushing someone onto the tracks. There was currently an arrest warrant for Neely in the violent attack of an older woman. Uh, City Councilman Justin Brannon wonders if low staffing levels at homeless shelters and in mental health facilities played a part in Neely still being on the streets. What can we do to make sure that this doesn't happen again, that someone like Jordan Neely doesn't slip through the cracks? Yeah, unfortunately, there's a lot of people like him walking the streets of New York today. Governor Hochul addressing the controversial death. Here she was yesterday. His death is clear evidence that we need support. We need alternatives for these individuals so they're not relegated to that kind of life. Hochul's $1 billion mental health plan includes bringing back mental health beds to hospitals, creating additional supportive housing, and ensuring schools have enough therapists. Not sure that would have helped Neely, though. It is a wake-up call. It is saying society's frayed right now. Our people are hurting. And 
Shame on us if we don't step up and say, no, we're here to help. So we don't know if the grand jury has taken up this case yet, but uh, there is word they have. Now we just have to wait what they decide after they've impaneled this jury to look at this case, which we've been told is likely happening this week. WABC News Time 5092 NYU student shot and killed in Puerto Rico outside a bar on vacation. Let's get the latest on that story live now from WABC's Alex Barnard. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Noman. Yes, that's right. Officials are saying that the two students were innocent bystanders outside the bar where they were celebrating a friend's birthday. According to police, 29-year-old Franco Medina and 28-year-old Sergio Palomino Ruiz were fatally shot after a dispute erupted between a female suspect and a group of people at the bar. Nick Mika, a classmate, spoke to ABC7. They were kind-hearted people, and they were just uh, unfortunately the wrong place at the wrong time. Losing somebody is tough, but especially your classmates um, in, a, in a time frame where you need to be focused on, on schoolwork, it's, it is tough to keep your mind in the right place. And Connie Luke, who took a real estate class with Sergio, also weighing in. Just finished finals and they went on a holiday. It's really sad to see a life being taken away like this, just knowing that like, he has such a bright future ahead. NYU put out a statement on the matter saying the campus community is, quote, heartbroken and that the school would, quote, provide whatever assistance we can to students. Additionally, a GoFundMe page has been set up to help the victims' families to cover funeral costs. Meantime, police are still looking for the woman who opened fire. So they weren't the intended victims of the gunfire? Looks like it was a case of wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, awful story. All right, WABC's Alex Barnard, thank you very much. Let's go down to the U.S. southern border where things continue to be a mess. The White House says it's doing everything it can to prepare for the expected influx of migrants at the U.S. southern border when Title 42 expires on Thursday. We have multiple agencies and multiple countries working together to humanely manage the border when Title 42, public health, Order lifts on Thursday. Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre there says the administration putting what they call a robust plan into place that includes setting up processing centers and surging resources to the border. The pandemic era Title 42 allowed the federal government to quickly expel migrants who arrived at the border claiming asylum. But that's all going to go away. We have a robust multi-agency plan to humanely manage the border through enforcement, deterrence and diplomacy. We're implementing that plan with our regional partners using the few tools we have remaining because Congress has failed to act. Hundreds of active Army soldiers being moved to the Texas border. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In advance of this all. Sending troops to the border can have an enormous positive effect. There's no doubt boots on the ground matter. That's Senator Ted Cruz, who says troops will not stop the flow of illegal immigration, though. The Texas Republican says that only happened when the policy of catch and releases terminated. Whether it is military troops, whether it is National Guard, whether it is Texas DPS officers, whether it's Border Patrol agents. The troops on the border are beneficial if you have a policy that when you apprehend someone, you deport them. 
Governor of Texas says they're mounting resources at the border this week as well. Today we are deploying a new National Guard unit. It's called the Texas Tactical Border Force. That's Governor Greg Abbott says the new unit will focus on stopping migrants from crossing illegally into the country through Texas. The Biden administration estimates that around 13,000 people will come across the border illegally on a daily basis beginning on Thursday. Governor Abbott says the state is rolling out what is called the Texas Tactical Border Force to try and stop some of that from happening. They will be deployed to hot spots along the border to intercept, to repel, and to turn back migrants who are trying to enter Texas illegally. Yeah, no doubt you realize that this is affecting us here up in the tri-state area. New York City bracing for what leaders are calling a tidal wave of migrants in the coming weeks. Mayor Adams desperately searching for places to use as shelters is asking every commissioner in the city to comb through their facility portfolios to find any space that can be used for emergency temporary sites to house these migrants who are coming. We're not going to be able to stop them. Here is the Social Services Commissioner, Molly Waskow-Park. This really is a whole-of-government response. We are looking at all of the tools that we have in our toolbox and making sure that we're using really making effective use of city real estate is an important part of that. To realize how big this is, New York City has already opened 126 shelters. A whole lot more will be opened in the coming weeks. More from Social Services Commissioner Molly Waskow Park. The f- first step is to identify places that might have potential. The second step is to evaluate and assess them and determine whether or not they actually can be made viable. It is not designed as a long-term placement for, for anybody. So the move comes. 61,000 migrants have already landed here from the U.S. southern border since last year. The number could be 100,000 in the next fiscal year. Some of those migrants were going to go up to Rockland County, but Rockland County has been fighting back. Rockland County Executive Ed Day declaring a state of emergency which bans any outside municipality from bringing people to Rockland County for housing for the next 30 days. This is um, incentivizing illegal immigration, and it does nothing to support our infrastructure Structure or the hardworking citizens we elected to serve. It is only draining taxpayer resources. So Mayor Adams had planned to send hundreds of migrants to an Orangeburg hotel and to a hotel in the Orange County town of Orange Lake with the city running out of room for those migrants. Adams says he would pay for the migrant services for four months. We still can't get an answer when and who's coming and if they've been vetted and if they have criminal records. And yes, my residents are concerned. Rightfully so, they're concerned. This is not fair. Rockland County lawmakers say they want to know who's coming. Overcrowding already is an issue here. And sending busloads of people to this county will not only compound that issue, but put more lives at risk. And they have no choice but to move into unsafe and overcrowded homes. There will be no options. Yeah, so and in Westchester, by the way, so far nobody's been sent there, or not a lot of migrants. As our executive team meets to discuss what this means, we'll have dialogue with whomever we have to have dialogue with. We'll talk to our fellow counties, we'll talk to the city of New York, we'll talk to the federal government, try to get a handle on it. Yeah, that's Westchester County Executive George Latimer. Sort of interesting that the migrants haven't been sent that way, but they have been sent to Rockland and Orange Counties. Hmm. 516, let's head over to the 77W ABC Sports Desk. Happy Tuesday. Good morning, Justin Ellick. Good morning, Noah Malayden. Happy Tuesday to you as well. Game four of the semifinal series between your New York Knicks and the Miami Heat did not go the way New York needed it to. 
with the Knicks losing 109 to 101 to fall into a three games to one hole. Other than Jalen Brunson and his game high 32 points, the rest of the Knicks haven't quite done enough to match the energy of the Heat. None, though, more underwhelming than Julius Randle, perhaps, as he's been failing to produce the type of dominance we got accustomed to seeing out of him during the regular season. He spoke following the game on the 3-1 deficit. And just uh, maybe they want it more. I don't know. Um, you know, um, that's been who we are all year. And uh, we got to find a way to, you know, step up and, and make those plays. We want to keep the season alive. With their backs up against the wall now and season on the line, the Knicks will tip it off for a must-win game five at the Garden. Come tomorrow night elsewhere, the Lakers beat the Warriors 104-101 to gain three games to one advantage in the West semifinals and on the Bronx the Yankees let out some of their recent frustration on the lowly Oakland Athletics pounding them 7-2 in the opener of a three-game set that frankly the Bombers should handedly sweep they got off on the right foot in that regard with a power surge that included dingers from Olamehu Hicks Torres and Cabrera while Nestor Cortez and the bullpen made easy work of the Oakland Bats to seal the deal Another sigh of relief comes for the Yankees before tonight's 7.05 p.m. first pitch for Game 2 with the activation of a one Aaron Judge off the injured list after the slugger spent nearly two weeks as a spectator due to a strained right hip. Clark Schmidt is set to get the ball in tonight's middle game going up against Oakland's Drew Ruchinski. As for the Mets, they'll return to the field tonight at 6.40 p.m. to open a three-game series against the Reds in Cincinnati. Max Scherzer will take the hill against Cincy's Luke Weaver. And on the ice tonight, the Carolina Hurricanes and your New Jersey Devils, they will indulge in game four of that second round playoff series. Puck drop set for 7 p.m. with Carolina currently up two games to one. So the Devs trying to even things up. Here with sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Ellick. WABC News Time 520. Let's go down to D.C. Congress must address the crisis of gun violence in the U.S. That according to White House Press Secretary Garin Jean-Pierre. When we have 200 mass shootings in less than 130 days, more than one a day, this is a crisis. Congress must do something about it. She was speaking about the mall shooting in Allen, Texas, left eight dead, more than a half a dozen injured over the weekend. She says there's been over 200 mass shootings in the U.S. so far this year, and I think everybody's had enough of that. We witnessed the 201st mass shooting in this country this year. That means we are averaging more than one a day. We are talking about the number one killer of kids in America, and Republicans in Congress are saying there is nothing that we can do about it. Seems like everybody's got to come together to fix the problem with the one-year anniversary of the Buffalo supermarket mass shooting nearing. Uh, Governor Hochul urging state residents to seek out mental health resources. Ten people you'll remember killed in that one. Three others wounded when a white supremacist shot up a top supermarket in Buffalo. It was May 14th of last year. The trauma was felt by the immediate families, but that trauma had a ripple effect. It just sort of penetrated this community and it gave us a sense of vulnerability. She's really pushing these mental resources with so many of these shooters having mental health crisis if they had just been stopped ahead of time. The acknowledgement that we just experienced our 200th, 200th mass shooting this year, that it reopens the wounds for a community like Buffalo. People from this event and others have had to seek out services to help them carry that weight so they're not alone. 522, the White House, meanwhile, says 
it's Congress's con- constitutional duty to raise the debt ceiling. Here's more from Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre. There shouldn't be negotiations on the debt limit. This is something that they should get to regular order and get to work on. Republicans pushing back against that. The two sides were set to meet. Republicans and Democrats try to hatch this all out. Hasn't happened yet. We should not have House Republicans manufacturing a crisis on something that has been done 78 times since 1960. All right, let's stay in Washington. There is some bipartisan support for efforts to change the rules for elected lawmakers, banning them from buying or selling stocks since being introduced last week. There is mounting support both sides of the aisle. Yeah, it's to make sure there's no inside trading. Democratic Congressman Henry Cuellar there of Texas says the legislation would help restore public trust. Stocks would be placed in a blind trust, and it is already making for some strange bedfellows. It's bringing together far-left Democrats like our uh, New York's uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, along with right-wing Republicans like Florida's Matt Gates. The two agree this should be done. Put it in some sort of trust. The whole key is do not get any inside information. Yeah, that's the uh, issue that... Every- Everybody has a problem. And it's the far right and the far left. So there are issues where they do get together. Yes, they might actually get something done on this. 523 jury deliberations expected to begin this morning in lower Manhattan courtroom in the civil rape trial involving former President Trump. Closing arguments wrapped up Monday as a lawyer for writer E. Jean Carroll told jurors that Carroll was exactly Trump's type. Carol alleges Trump raped her in a Manhattan department store in the 1990s and then defamed her years later. Trump denies any wrongdoing and claims that Carol made up the story to sell copies of her book. The case has spent more than a week without the former president testifying. I'm Mark Mayfield. Of course, Donald Trump himself will be on live with sit-in friends in the morning, 8.05 tomorrow morning. Might get some reaction to that trial and then, of course, a whole lot more. Let's go out to New Jersey. New Jersey's Attorney General highlighting a program that pairs officers with mental health professionals while responding to emotional distress calls. What's known as the Arrive Together program was piloted last year in Cumberland County. Now, it worked there, so they're going to expand it, uh, expand it to numerous other places across the Garden State. We see this both as a better way to address mental health issues and behavioral health crises, which I do, but also as a key element in our efforts to rebuild and strengthen trust between law enforcement and community. Attorney General Matt Platkin there says a recent Brookings study on the matter shows the program has led to fewer uses of force, arrests and racial disparities in policing outcomes and more people getting the mental health treatment that they desperately need. Platkin joined uh, the governance studies at Brookings Institute, a public policy research nonprofit for in-depth conversations on this program that they say so far seems to be working. As we grow and expand, I think you're going to see trust strengthen between communities that see law enforcement is there to help them. 525, let's go out to Long Island. The search for a missing boater in the Great South Bay officially suspended last night. The Coast Guard had searched 34 hours, covered approximately a 1,000 nautical miles, looking for 28-year-old James Jarnick of Massapequa, who was alone on a 22-foot progression speedboat when he somehow fell into the water. This was on Sunday, around 4.30 in the afternoon. The family making desperate calls for people just to look along the shorelines to see if he might be there. These uh, Coast Guard uh, 
Boats were out searching the waters for hours. Uh, well, as we said, 34 hours in all. They've called off the search, essentially, suspended it, uh, and I eventually imagine will call this off. Uh, people who knew James, he was a regular around the docks where he kept his boats, say uh, he's a good guy. And uh, they say this is a community when something like this happens, they all feel it because they all know each other from seeing each other, especially this time a year when it warms up or in the summertime we're like a family boaters are family we wave to each other we help each other it's just sad his family uh saying they're still hopeful he will be found alive Josnick's parents asking everyone to look on shore on rocks and backyards in case he swam there and passed out we're just getting started on this tuesday morning lots to get to as we work our way up six o'clock hours sit in friends in the morning a really moving story out of long island last week we told you about this tragic story of these two teenagers who were killed in a wrong way accident. We're going to tell you how the community has reacted to this story and how they've supported the family. You'll want to hear that before the morning is out. Could you soon get paid for the time that you've wasted at the airport? President Biden coming up with a plan where the airlines would more often than not have to pay for hotels and meals when you're trapped at the airport due to problems they've had within the airline. Boy, does that happen a lot. And it looks like a piece of a meteorite slammed into a central New Jersey home. Everyone wants to get their hands on this rock to figure out exactly what it is. We'll hear from the homeowner before the morning is out. That and more coming up. But first, this at 530. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. This is the 77 WABC News Hour with Noah Layden. Yep, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Tuesday, May 9th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine this morning, clouds this afternoon, high 68. Tonight, overnight, those clouds hang around low 50. And then Wednesday, sun and clouds, high 72. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 50 and clear out on Shelter Island on Long Island, 51 and partly cloudy in Montana. Monroe, New Jersey, and it is 55 and clear here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, sit and friends in the morning. We'll start with President Biden this half hour, who wants airlines to better compensate passengers when flights are delayed or cancels for reasons other than the weather. How many times have you been in this predicament where you're waiting at the airport because the crew hasn't shown up or something that has nothing to do with the weather and you get no compensation? Well, President Biden says he wants to put an end to that. Wait, hold on a second. President Biden being awfully quiet. Let's see if we figure out what's going on. Oh, here he is. If your flight is very delayed or canceled and the airline could have prevented that from you deserve more than just being getting the price of your ticket. You deserve to be fully compensated. Yeah. So the Department of Transportation could propose a new rule that would require airlines to provide customers with vouchers, miles or even cash refunds when flights are canceled or delayed by something within the airline's control. It would also mandate the cost of hotel rooms, meals, all be in transportation, be covered if it's the airline's fault, not the weather. Meals, hotels, taxis, ride shares and rebooking fees and 
cash, miles, and or travel vouchers whenever they're the ones to blame. Yeah, so the president saying uh, we deserve better following thousands of delays, cancellations that occurred over the holiday season, right? It was Southwest that couldn't seem to get a flight on the air. It was computer problems. It wasn't the weather that kept them and people on the ground grounded. Uh, he says those people should get paid. Many missed family gatherings, spent Christmas at an airport, waited countless hours in line or on the phone because there weren't enough pilots, there weren't enough personnel. Yeah, so the White House did launch this new website where you can see each airline's compensation policy before you buy a ticket. You can check the dashboard to see how the airline should be compensating you, like rebooking a flight or accommodating your hotel room or, and your meals. All right, 544, let's go out to Long Island. Last week, we told you about this tragic story, this accused drunk driver whose pickup truck plowed into a car filled with teenagers, Jericho, Long Island. The crash killed two 14-year-old boys, injured two others. Community members have been packing the courthouse each day that this driver is in the courthouse. It is pretty moving to watch. There, I mean, it's not just a couple people showing up, but there is not a seat available in the courtroom when this driver is uh, going before a judge. The Rosalind community showing up by hunting. Crowding this Mineola courthouse, what is usually an unexceptional second appearance yesterday by this guy. But in this tragedy, community members vowed that they'll show up in mass no matter when Amadeep Singh goes before a judge. He's the one who's accused of killing these two 14-year-olds when they say police say he was blitzed drunk behind the wheel driving the wrong way on a roadway in Jericho. He's a murderer. should be in jail. should run in jail. If he's let out on no matter how much bail, he could be. He could leave the country and we can't have that happen to him. We're going to shut this courthouse down until justice is served. Every time he appears, we're going to be here. Every time. Yeah, good for them. Singh, by the way, also has his supporters in the courtroom. His family has showed up each time. They were seeking bail. That did not happen. And the lawyer for Amadeep Singh says uh, his family is devastated by what they he has done to the families of those who were killed. These are mothers, fathers that have children. They understand the grief. They feel the grief themselves. And I, I certainly don't expect anybody to understand or embrace that. But that's the truth. These are human beings who, who feel terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's reasonable to think that they would feel terrible. Police say Singh drove the wrong way twice the legal limit of alcohol, killed those two 14-year-olds. It was Ethan Falkowitz and Drew Hassenbein. They both were laid to rest over the last five days after two gut-wrenching funerals. The uh, This is the interesting part, too. The Rosalind School District is now allowing students to miss school to attend these court dates. Uh, one is a way to support the Falkowitz and Hassenbein family, but another is a, a you know, is a, a education in civics and how trials work. I mean, we just feel so horrible about what happened. We just want to really be there to support them. We're watching the judicial system and our children are watching. And as we teach them, they are learning. They want to see justice served. Yeah, good for those people in the Rosalind School District and for those families who are supporting the families of Ethan Falkowitz and Drew Hassenbein Singh. 
The man who is behind the wheel, married father of two, faces 8 to 25 years if convicted on the top count. He returns to court again on June 6th, and I imagine all those families will be back in that courtroom as well. WABC News Time 539. Let's go out to New Jersey. You can fight City Hall and apparently win. The implosion of a Nabisco factory in Fairlawn has been officially canceled after a bunch of delays. The Fairlawn mayor saying last night, after discussions with the developer, no implosion will take place at the former Nabisco site. The worry was of neighbors was there were contaminants inside this building. Asbestos was found there, but workers say they had cleared all the asbestos out, but neighbors said nah, they weren't sure that they bought that. We don't know what possible impact that could happen. And all we want is like, you know, things to be done in a safer way. Yes, yeah, so they asked uh, town lawmakers to go after, tell these developers not to do in the implosion. That's not going to happen. They were going to have this big event where you could watch from a distance. That will not happen. The one-time home of Nabisco where the smell of cookies filled the air is now mostly a pile of rubble. The only thing left standing is the main building, which is the tallest structure in the area. The location is going to be redeveloped for commercial use at a future day. Uh, let's bring it back here into the city. It may not sound like a big deal, but it kind of is. Commuters have a new entrance to Grand Central Terminal. Metro North, uh, the president, Kathy Rinaldi, says this new entrance is located inside Grand Central Terminal where a florist in a Hudson News retailer, uh, retailer once located. It'll provide more direct access between the LIRR subways and Metro North. So sometimes you get crowded in those hallways. Maybe it'll be a less so now. It's estimated that approximately 22% of our customers will actually use this entrance, which is great to see. Rinaldi says the new escalators in the elevator only make it more convenient for LIRR commuters, but also allow the NYPD to respond a whole lot faster in the event of an emergency. We have reclaimed this beautiful space for the use of Metro North customers, but also Long Island Railroad customers, people passing back and forth between the two systems, creating a connection that's just going to revolutionize the way that our customers use the service. Yeah, and LIRR says the numbers have come back in big ways over the last year. Not what they were pre-pandemic, may never be, but the numbers have come back for the LIRR. Twitter will begin to purge the social media platform of inactive accounts. Apparently, there are just millions of them. On Monday, Twitter CEO Elon Musk said affected accounts will be ones that haven't been active for several years. He also noted that users will probably see follower counts drop as the inactive accounts were wiped. Musk didn't specify if accounts such as those of former President Trump and NPR would be affected. Trump hasn't used his account since it was reinstated last year after being suspended in 2021. NPR recently announced it would no longer use Twitter after Musk put a label designating the outlet as government-funded media. I'm Lisa Taylor. Lots of activists, uh, lawmakers gathering in Newark yesterday to call on the federal authorities to help close a gun background check loophole. Senator Bob Menendez says he thinks there's one quick fix to stop some of the mass shootings that are taking place every week now across the country. You don't need an assault rifle to go hunting. You don't need high-capacity magazines with 50 rounds or more. High-capacity magazines are about high-capacity killing, as as far as I'm concerned. But the NRA pushing back at Senator Menendez, saying there is no conclusive evidence that banning assault weapons or large-capacity magazines has an effect on mass shootings or even violent crime, for that matter. 543. 
President Biden making his first public comments about the Hollywood writer strike that began last week. I sincerely hope the writer strike in Hollywood gets resolved and the writers are given a fair deal they deserve as soon as possible. Biden making the comments at the White House during a screening of the TV show American Born Chinese. He emphasized the uh, power of stories, the importance of treating storytellers with dignity, respect, and he says the value they deserve. Thousands of Writer Guilds of America members went on strike last week amid negotiations for a new contract that includes better pay and more money from those streaming services where lots of those shows go into repeats big time. This is an interesting story out of New Jersey. A possible meteorite struck a home in the Titusville section of Hopewell Township yesterday afternoon. It's not 100% clear, but this is the thought. The Hopewell Township Fire Department says that a rock-like object the size of an avocado left a hole the size of a grapefruit inside this house. When the homeowner touched this rock, it was apparently warm to the touch. So they believe the object is part of a larger meteorite. This woman, uh, she spoke to News 12. She says her parents live in this house. One of them was home at the time. They were not hurt when this meteorite hit. So it appears whatever came through this hole smashed down onto the floor here, damaged there. As it hit the floor, it like ricocheted up, hitting this part of the ceiling, and then just landed down here on the ground. So this was about 2.30 yesterday afternoon. The Trenton Hazmat team came out to make sure there was nothing dangerous to worry about. There's not. Of course, everybody now wants to get their hands on this rock to see what it is. Here's more from the daughter. Because I looked up, and now there's two holes. But then I see, like, this rock in the opposite corner from the biggest hole that I saw. I went into the bedroom. There's all kinds of stuff, like debris on the floor, like sheetrock, insulation. And I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, how wild is that? So experts from the College of New Jersey expected to come out to test this object today. According to the Smithsonian, the only person in recent history confirmed to be injured by a meteorite was a woman in Alabama back in 1954. And I think News 12 for that audio, they got it exclusively from that woman in the home. 545 now, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk, and here's Justin Ellis. Well, no, I'll try to make sports sound as exciting as you just uh, made rocks. Sound. Yes, so. didn't I do a good job? Yeah, you really, really did. I think you're being sarcastic. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. I'm the big rock aficionado. Oh, you are? Okay. <laughs> yes, I we'll, love them. We'll talk geology after the sports report. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can find me in Central Park. I'll be, <laughs> yeah, on, okay. you know, I'll be on the side of those big boulders carving them out. <laughs> All right. Game for the semifinal series between your New York Knicks and the Miami Heat did not go the way New York needed it to with the Knicks losing 109-101. To fall into a three games to one hole. Other than Jalen Brunson in his game high 32, the rest of the Knicks haven't quite done enough to match the energy of the Heat. None, though, more underwhelming the, uh, so far, I should say, than Julius Randle has been, failing to produce the type of dominance we got accustomed to seeing out of the big man during the regular season. He spoke following the game on the three to one deficit. Just uh, maybe they want it more. I don't know. Um, you know, um, that's been who we are all year. And uh, we got to find a way to. You know, step up and, and make those plays if we want to keep the season alive. With their backs up against the wall now and the season on the line, the Knicks will tip it off for a must-win Game 5 back at home at the Garden tomorrow night. Elsewhere, the Lakers beat Warriors 104-101 to get a three games to one advantage in the West. 
semifinals. And on the diamond in the Bronx, the Yankees let out some of their recent frustration on the lowly Oakland Athletics, pounding them 7-2 in the opener of a three-game set that, frankly, the Bombers really need to sweep. They got off on the right foot in that regard with a power surge that included dingers from Alamehu, Hicks, Torres, and Cabrera, while Nestor Cortez and the bullpen made easy work of the Oakland Bats to seal the deal. Another side relief comes for the Yankees before tonight's 7.05 p.m. first pitch for Game 2 with the activation of a one Aaron Judge off the injured list after the uh, captain slugger spent nearly two weeks as a spectator due to a strained right hip. Clark Schmidt is set to get the ball in tonight's middle game, going up against Oakland's Drew Ruchinski. As for the Mets, they'll return to the field tonight at 6.40 p.m. to open a three-game series against the Reds in Cincinnati. Max Scherzer will take the hill against Cindy's, Cincy's, I should say, Luke Weaver. And tonight on the ice, you're uh, not your you're New Jersey Devils. So welcome in the Carolina Hurricanes for game four, 7 p.m. puck drop, Carolina. Currently up two games to one. Devs trying to even things at two. Here with sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Alec. WABC News Time 549. Let's catch you up on some of the biggest stories of the morning. Protesters taken to the street last night here in the city uh, after the death of Jordan Neely. There were clashes with police near the Broadway Lafayette Street Station where Neely died after he was put into a chokehold by a bystander. It was last Monday. Yeah, it did get kind of ugly. There were even, there's been protests uh, almost every night since the forest uh, story came to light. A grand jury expected to decide if Marine veteran Daniel Penny will face criminal charges for Neely's death. Uh, these protesters who were out last night, thank you, Chef. The fact that their reaction to protesting the lynching of Jordan Neely is more aggressive than the attention that they gave to Jordan Neely's actual murderer speaks volumes. By the way, these protests have not been anywhere near as large as some were during the Black Lives Matter protest a number of years ago. These have been much smaller, but they have been loud groups. The NYPD having a moment, though, last night. They say these protesters have, of course, the right to be out on the streets, but they can't have any weapons with them. A Molotov cocktail was found amid this crowd of protesters yesterday. As we started to move the crowd... We found a Molotov cocktail that was in in the crowd, on the ground. We'll respect people's right to protest, but we cannot have people bringing weapons. Jordan Neely's family speaking out yesterday, well, through a lawyer anyway. The uh, statements uh, they're upset about is that Mayor Eric Adams hasn't taken their size. They say they're criticizing him and other politicians, saying that uh, they say the case is obvious to them. This is the mayor of New York. The, the district attorney's office is looking to him. Daniel Penny should be in jail because we saw with our own eyes that he strangled her to death. He had to have training that told him that using a chokehold like this, which, of course, is banned by the police and is banned by other law enforcement a technique that he chose to use on another civilian, that it would likely lead to death. So it was a week and a day ago that former Marine Daniel Penny put Neely in that chokehold on the subway after witnesses say Neely was acting erratically, making threats to fellow subway riders. Neely, who struggled with mental illness, died shortly after. This grand jury expected to decide this week if Penny will be criminally charged. Whether they'll take this information into account, we do not know. But Neely 
has been previously arrested 44 times for multiple assaults, attempted child abduction, drugs, indecent exposure. Officials say he had at least 43 cases of an aided case. That's where mental health workers took him in for treatment. The day before his death, he was under investigation for pushing someone onto the tracks. And there was a currently an arrest warrant for Neely in the violent attack of an older woman. Joel, uh, Jordan Neely was on a special top 50 list of the city's most at-risk homeless clients. So it's unclear how they lost track of them. And uh, one in city councilman, Justin Brennan, wonders why they lost track of them. What can we do to make sure that this doesn't happen again, that someone like Jordan Neely doesn't slip through the cracks? And Governor Hochul addressing this controversial death as well. She says uh, the mental health crisis is bad in New York and they should have been able to help Neely out. His death is clear evidence that we need support. We need alternatives for these individuals so they're not relegated to that kind of life. The other big story of the morning, two NYU students shot and killed in Puerto Rico outside a bar where they were celebrating a friend's birthday over the weekend. Puerto Rico Police Department says the two students were just innocent bystanders who uh, were shot when a dispute escalated between a gunman and a group of people. They were kind-hearted people and they were just uh, unfortunately the wrong place at the wrong time. Just finished finals and they went on a holiday. Yeah, there's some NYU students reacting to the deaths of 29-year-old Franco Medina, 28-year-old Sergio Ruiz, who were pursuing MBAs at the Stern School of Business, Medina and Ruiz, with a group of classmates who were just celebrating the end of the school year. Uh, people in Puerto Rico say this is a dangerous neighborhood, or at least has been in recent uh, years. Back at NYU, social events for the MBA candidates have been canceled over the next few days as people remember the two. Kill. Oh, it's really sad to see a life being taken away like this, just knowing that like he has such a bright future ahead. Losing somebody is tough, but especially your classmates um, in, a, in a time frame where you need to be focused on, on schoolwork. It's, it is tough to keep your mind in the right place. Yeah, and a GoFundMe has been set up to help raise money for the funerals for those two students. 554, let's get a whole lot lighter as we get closer to the 6 o'clock hour. How about this 93-year-old principal in Westchester being celebrated for her decades of hard work? And you might think the next sentence is that she's going to retire. No, this is Teacher Appreciation Week. And Sister Mary Stephan Healy is a nun who's been the principal of Our Lady of Mont Carmel School in Elmsford for 55 years. And she says in that time, her enthusiasm has never waned. I've never awakened that I'm not happy to come to school. I think almost 99% of my alumni who come back tell me, it's like a home away from home. Okay, that's the experience that they've had. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't sound like 93. She sounds a whole lot younger. She has touched thousands of lives over the years, continues to do so. The uh, students over the years have loved her, and they say they come back to visit often. Uh, she uh, has kept and maintained teachers uh, on her staff. One and this woman, she has taught kindergarten for 27 years uh, at this uh, Our Lady of Mount Carmel School in Elmsford. And she says she could probably go somewhere else and get a whole lot more money but she says she loves working for uh, the sister Mary Stephan Healy. The reason I stayed as well as many of my peers is because of her. Uh, she is the heart and soul of this school. 
Uh, she's the heart and soul of this community. And Sister uh, Healy says uh, her legacy is one of compassion. She says, uh, yeah, she's 93, but she has no plans to retire. So uh, oh, well, I guess it sucks to be the assistant principal at this school. I say if I have affected one child in my life, it will have been well lived. I won't be here for 57 more, that's for sure. Yeah, but apparently for a while longer. By the way, she kept that school open every day during the COVID pandemic. Another reason why some of those families are so dedicated to her. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.